Hello, friends. This is your host, Brian Kaderna, and you are now tuned in to the Kaderna Podcast. So very happy to have you joining us today. Got a lot of exciting stuff we're going to go over in our topic, which is how do you pick a financial advisor? It's a question I've been asked a thousand times. I know there's a lot of us out there. We all have kind of that same title, and we might look the same and walk and talk the same. So how do you pick a good one from a bad one? I'm going to show you how. But before we get into that, I just want to give everybody an update. Please continue to send all of your correspondence to the Kaderna Podcast at gmail.com. All right, that's the uh, door to my world inside the podcasting universe. Uh, I appreciate everybody who's given us feedback, especially a lot of the questions we've gotten, as that's kind of serving as like a cue to future episodes, um, which we're definitely going to elaborate on. So send us your questions, your thoughts, whatever you want to hear more about. And that's how you really can become a part of this show. Also, something really cool. I had a lot of guest suggestions come out. And we now have two guests uh, that are going to be speaking on the show in the fall that are very renowned experts in their field. So very excited about that. So if you have somebody in mind, uh, even if you don't know them, if it's someone you saw on TV or read a book about, definitely let me know. And, and we'll do our best to try and get them here on the Kaderna podcast. And then I can grow them and interview them. And we'll extract even more knowledge in the financial business and self-help arena to share with you guys, the listeners. All right, so how do you pick a financial advisor? The simple way is there's a quote that I carry with me and has become really a, uh, a foundation for so much of my financial planning practice. And I would encourage anyone who's hiring help, be it the plumber, the estate attorney, the accountant, whatever it is, your surgeon, this is a great quote. And it is, whenever you purpose to consult with anyone about your affairs, first observe how he has managed his own. For he who has shown poor judgment in conducting his own business will never give wise counsel about the business of others. Socrates said that many generations ago in his famed letter to Demonicus. I think that's worth repeating. So one more time, Whenever you purpose to consult with anyone about your affairs, first observe how he has managed his own. For he who has shown poor judgment in conducting his own business will never give wise counsel about the business of others. All right, I think that quote, if we can really think about that and take the time to do our due diligence and understand the person on the other side of the table, it's going to help us make sound decisions as we hire our power team throughout the different phases of life. Okay, so first off, you might be asking yourself, hey, Brian, you know, do I even need a financial advisor? Can I get a financial advisor? I just thought that that's for like rich people. That's for those multimillionaires. There might have been a time where that was the case, but that is not the way it is today. According to Soroli Associates, there are over 300,000 financial advisors in the U.S. Okay, so think about that. That's a huge number. Whether you identify as ultra rich, middle of the road, or low income, just trying to climb your way up that ladder, I promise there is somebody out there willing to lend a hand and you can gain their insight and improve your situation by leveraging their, their history and their knowledge in the financial realm. So don't be shy. You know, we're out there uh, and we're looking for business. We're growing. It's a growing field. Um, so yeah, I think you could use a financial advisor, <laughs> long story short. So now you say, all right, well, yeah, of course, I want one. That's why I'm listening to your show. How do I pick? Let's dive right into that. 
There was several years ago when I was kind of starting out in this business, I had an older gentleman that was very wealthy, and he actually sat me down and interviewed me in a way that I had never had you know, experience before as a financial advisor. And he pulled out this little notepad and said, hey, Brian, if I can turn the table real quick, this makes me comfortable if I could just take you through my interview. And it was literally like a job interview. And that was the first time in my career I said, you know what? My client truly is the boss and I'm applying for this job as his financial advisor and he deserves the right to interview me. And that really kind of forced me to reveal and uncover, you know, who I was, not only as an advisor, but also as a person. And it was a very worthwhile process. Fortunately, he became a client and it's become a fantastic relationship. But it's something that then I try and communicate to all of my clients so that they can hopefully have that same peace of mind and level of comfort with our relationship. So what are those questions that were in that little notebook? I'll tell you exactly what they were. The first one was, who are you? And he asked me this with a straight face and said, Brian, who are you? And I'm not just asking about money right now. And he really started to have a conversation that, that sparked my passions and who it is that I truly am beyond a financial advisor. And I would encourage anyone out there that's looking for a financial advisor to start with that question of who are you? Why are you here? Why are you doing this? Okay. <clears throat> Furthermore, understand their passions. You know, do they want to grow a huge business? Do they want to help, you know, older clients that are preparing for retirement? Do they want to help millennials that are overcoming student loan debt? Do they have something that really triggers their passion? And if you're in line with that, I think you're going to have a great captain or a great co-pilot to help you out there. So who are you? What are your passions? What markets do you serve? Do you have a niche that you have an affinity to? Do you just help physicians through their career? Do you help small business owners? Uh, do you work with police officers and firefighters? All right, any of those niches, I think as an advisor becomes familiar with them, it will only help them become a, a, a student of the game and well-versed in the different, uh, you know, kind of cycles and gyrations that that individual will experience in their career. So I would say search for someone with a niche. If they don't have a niche and they're the quote unquote jack of all trades, expert of none, that's really not what you're looking for. We're looking for an expert. So I think that niche is important. And then to elaborate on that who are you question, I think every client should look up their proposed advisor on BrokerCheck. Okay, so anyone out there in the general public has access to this. It's called brokercheck.finra.org. You can log on there and you just search your advisor's name and it's going to pull up their whole history uh, as a financial advisor. Any complaints that were cited against them, any uh, citations or issues that they've had along the way or any um, punishment, if you will, um, if, if they've ever gotten themselves into a financial mess or bankruptcy or anything like that, all that stuff gets disclosed there. So it's kind of like a mini background check on your financial advisor. All right. So question number one, who are you? Question number two, who do you work for? Okay, are you working for a captive company? Maybe it's a fantastic company and that's the one, but maybe they can't speak or really address much beyond that, that silo that they work in. Do they work for a non-captive company where maybe they have an allegiance to one carrier or firm, but they can go elsewhere when need be? 
You know, they work at McDonald's, but when they need to sell Taco Bell, they could do it. Do they work at a wirehouse focusing on investments? Uh, are they working within a bank? Are they totally independent and out on their own? There's no right or wrong. I wouldn't say that any of these are better than one or the other. It's just understanding that dynamic of who your advisor works for might help you interpret their recommendations a little bit better. Third question, how do you get paid? Okay, are you working straight off of commissions? Do you work off of a retainer where I'm supposed to pay you for billable hours, kind of like an attorney or a flat fee every year? Do you work off of just investment fees on the portfolio that you're going to manage? Just get to understand that to some extent so you understand, one, how are those fees going to work against your portfolio or your plan that you're building up? And also, are there any other incentives or things you should be aware of with your advisor just so there's transparency going both ways. And then the fourth and final question is, how do we get this started? Do you have a process? Are you going to take me through a thorough fact finder? Are you just looking to review my investment portfolio? Are you a protection first type of advisor? Uh, or do you focus on a particular product that we're going to be speaking about? So those are four key questions, guys, that as you think about who should be your advisor, it's worthwhile kind of carrying that maybe in your little notepad and in that first meeting asking your advisor, one, who are you? Two, who do you work for? Three, how do you get paid? Four, how do we get this whole process started? Okay, that's a design sequential order. If there's a disagreement at a certain step, the following questions, frankly, are a moot point. Okay, if you ask who are you and you're totally turned off by this guy or gal, then it doesn't matter who they work for or how they're getting paid. It's just not going to be a fit. It's not going to be an open, comfortable relationship. Okay. So those are four key questions. Please keep them in mind. Furthermore, you could kind of throw this into this who are you question is understand your, your advisor's resume. Okay. Just as you were to hire an employee, which is kind of what you're doing, you're hiring a contracted advisor, an expert, get to know, you know, what's your history, what's your, what's your knowledge base, and really what you want to hone in on is what are your licenses, okay? I've actually sat down with clients that said, hey, Brian, I like these recommendations you brought up. You know, I worked with an advisor for the past six years. He never even mentioned that. How, how could, why is that? How is that even possible? Again, that might go back to maybe he could, but he didn't have the licenses that would allow him to either sell that product line or maybe he's not even allowed to speak about it because he doesn't hold the correct licenses or designations okay so you certainly want to understand that and that's where i under you know i agree and empathize it can get confusing okay me personally i hold a series 6 a series 63 a series 65 and a series 7 each one of those serves its own purpose as far as what investment advice I can offer to a client and what transactions I can perform for my clients. I also have different insurance licenses to be able to speak on that front. So for instance, if your advisor was missing any of those licenses, that might narrow his field of conversation uh, within your meeting. Okay, so you just want to be aware of that. That's not that it's good or bad. It's just you want to know, you know, what scope are we going to be discussing in today's meeting? Uh, and is there anything preventing us from kind of talking about another topic that's maybe of interest? All right. So licensing is key. I think one step further than licensing are those designations. And this is where it does get a little bit crazy, guys. 
So there are so many financial designations out there. Uh, in 2005, according to FINRA, who's like our regulatory body for our financial field, in 2005, there were 48 different designations that a financial advisor could obtain. That's just crazy. Then we throw in some new regulations in the financial meltdown of 2008. And before you knew it, in 2010, there were 95 different designations that a financial advisor could acquire. Okay, now it's 2019. As you could imagine, there's even far more. So it's like our industry is creating this alphabet soup after an advisor's name that can become so confusing, it, it takes away the value of a lot of the worthwhile uh, letters and credentials. All right, just in, uh, a good example of this is you may have heard of a CFA, which is a Chartered Financial Analyst, and you may have also seen an advisor with a CRFA, okay? So you have a CFA and then a CRFA, all right? Only one letter away. They kind of sound the same. The first one, the Chartered Financial Analyst, requires over 900 hours of study in various areas of accounting and finance and the completion of three six-hour exams with just a 45% pass rate. All right, so obviously not something easy to obtain. There's not a lot of them out there. And that can be like the pinnacle of a career uh, in, in finance, especially on the institutional side, okay? Then the CRFA, which very easy for the layman just to kind of confuse the two. That's a certified retirement financial advisor. It requires a quick 100 question multiple choice exam, and then you're done. You've got a CRFA. Okay, so that obviously can get a little bit confusing, guys. And then when we throw in, you know, over 100 now other designations, you might be saying, again, going back to our first question, you know, I did my interview, I get it all, but I really want to understand their knowledge base, and I'm at a loss here. Okay, a doctor is an MD or a DO. My accountant's a CPA. My attorney has passed the bar. You financial advisors, there's millions of you guys, and you've got a thousand different designations no one's ever even heard of. I get that. And the one thing that gives me some uh, solace in this whole situation is the, the field, the industry, has really done a great job of consolidating and promoting to the CFP, which full disclosure, I am a CFP, which is a certified financial planner. I'm not just patting myself on the back. But I think that that truly has become like the gold standard in the financial advising space and enables the client to say, okay, I know that this gentleman or this woman has a certain level of expertise that I can count on, okay? And just to give you an idea of what it takes to become a CFP or a certified financial planner. Uh, so what that would entail is you need at least three years of experience as a financial advisor. You need to have at least a bachelor's degree. You need a sponsor or a mentor, okay? That would be somebody willing to back you on this journey. You need to have a clean record, okay? Going back to that broker check stuff. You have to pass six college-style courses all with their final exam. Then you have to present a financial planning case to an expert panel for their approval. And then you have to sit for a daunting 10-hour board exam with less than a 60% pass rate. If you succeed through all of that, then you can uh, put those letters after your name of CFP or Certified Financial Planner. Okay, so I, I do encourage people really to look at that because you still want to do your interview, but at least working with a CFP, you know you're working with someone that's been around the block and has a pretty, pretty diverse knowledge base 
in respect to finance, tax, estate planning, insurance, investments, uh, and so forth. Okay. So uh, that's uh, some key things to kind of keep in mind here. Other tips that I just want to throw in, again, beyond that interview, that I would say these are some things that the client needs to be responsible for. First, guys, you got to have an open mind. When you come in the door to a, a meeting, you know, you got to remember conventional wisdom, as the name implies, is that which is comfortable to us. Okay, 90% of the world is enjoying the comfort peddled by major media and what's out there, while the other 10% that controls most of the wealth in the world, they're doing something a little unconventional. Okay, so I get it. We all have our own viewer biases. In today's day and age, we can tune into whatever news channel or whatever magazine is gonna fit our pre-existing biases. But, and that's fine in other aspects of life, but when it comes to your money, you have to stay kind of on the cutting edge and be willing to learn, okay? You've gotta know what you don't know and hence, you know, keep an open mind, okay? Remember, the average is not always safe, I get it, but conversely, the unorthodox is not always risky, okay? So be open-minded. The second thing, you know, tell your advisor to speak English, Okay, and I don't mean that in the literal sense, but these can be some very complex ideas and, and very complex situations out there in finance. But a good advisor should be able to make that simple and practical. Okay, if not, they're just going to remain ideas and never get put into action. So first time clients should ask questions. And if they're not hearing a response in clear, concise, plain English, you're not stupid. Don't think that there's a good chance that your advisor with his fast talking attitude um, is possibly dancing around your question and can't give you a good answer. Okay, so that might be a red flag. All right, next, again, this kind of falls in line with that, those four interview questions. You know, ask your, your advisor, what's your FICO score? What's your financial plan? Are they practicing what, you're, what, what they're preaching? Okay, I've seen so many advisors over the years that walk around with a spiffy suit on and talk a big game and they've actually been on unemployment, perhaps in between jobs or on a freeze in their contract that they're not validating. Um, so get to know who this individual is, just like you'd go hire a personal trainer, let's say. Um, you wanna know, are they, are they going through the same diet and the same workout routine? Is it working for them? And then, you know, certainly if they're a role model, then maybe their advice is what you wanna follow, okay? So in summary, interview your guy or your gal. Okay, interview your financial advisor and see that they're striving for success with significance and not just chasing money or returns because having that passion there is what's going to drive them to, to really service your account and be there for you every step of the way. If they're mentally and emotionally checking out, then so is your account and that's not going to work out well for the consumer. All right, ask who they are beyond the spreadsheet, get to know them, get comfortable. If they're young, Qualify their experience, okay? That's fine. If they're old, get, and I don't, don't mean to mean calling out old people, but if they're approaching retirement, ask them about what their exit strategy is. Is there a transition that's kind of put together on paper, okay? A practice transition. All right, the last thing you want is to find the perfect advisor that you really enjoy working with, and then four years into your relationship, he retires down to some beach in Florida and you know all of a sudden your account's orphaned and you don't know where to go from there all right keep an open mind like we said get your advisor to speak english with you or whatever it is that you understand uh, and then lastly ask to see their financial plan 
okay? Get to know if they're actually doing what they're saying and have that conviction, okay? So I hope that this has been helpful. Uh, really, it's not complicated, folks. You got to look at this decision just like any other you would in life. You know, where you want to send your kids to school. What pediatrician do you want to have for your baby? Um, you know, think about how you would interview those folks. And with your money, it's not really that different. Okay. So I hope this has been helpful. A uh, quick sidebar that you might be thinking now if you're saying, well, there's so much info out there, I want to take more of a do it yourself approach. We're going to save that for another episode, but that is here and, and that is relevant. Okay. I recently spoke on a panel with some gentlemen from Bloomberg and they said, you know, we define ourselves as a fintech company, a financial technology company. And I need to tell you we're becoming more tech and less fin. All right. So the robo advisors, that whole industry is here to stay, but there's always going to be a human element that needs some attention. Um, so We'll continue to adapt and we'll bring you more information in that respect uh, in episodes down the road. Okay, so that's my tips, my advice of how you should pick a financial advisor. It's your guide to your guide. All right, now let's go to the trivia question. This is the fun part. So two women have adorned the $1 coin. One was Susan B. Anthony. Who was the other? If you have the right answer, send it over to the Kaderna podcast at gmail.com. And this Sunday, you could be winning the $10 Amazon gift card. Again, two women have adorned the $1 coin. One is Susan B. Anthony. Who was the other? Send us your answers, and I look forward to speaking with you next week. I'm ready to go have a French toast bagel. I've been talking a little too long here, but I uh, hope this was helpful. Please share it with your friends, leave a review, and also send us emails with all of your questions and any guest suggestions, and we'll keep growing this show. Thanks, and have a good one. The Kaderna podcast is for informational purposes only. Individual situations may vary, and the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Brian Kaderna does not provide tax or legal advice. Listeners should contact their own tax or legal advisors in this matter. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Brian Kaderna is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, 300 Broadacres Drive, Suite 175, Bloomfield, New Jersey, 07003. Securities products and services and advisory services are offered through PAS, a registered broker dealer and investment advisor, 973-244-4420. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is an indirect wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Kaderna Financial Team and International Planning Alliance, LLC are not affiliates or subsidiaries of PAS or Guardian. Kaderna Financial Team is a division of International Planning Alliance, LLC, a general agency of the Guardian. PASS is a member of FINRA SIPC, California Insurance License Number OK04194.